Sound of Football with your host, Colin Summer, brought to you by WHIP. What's up, guys? It's Sound of Football back with another episode. Hope you guys are doing well. We had a great wild card weekend, a whole lot of new experiences, especially with it being broadcast on Nickelodeon. I hope a lot of young kids out there got a chance to experience, you know, and start to understand what football is like, what the NFL is like. It's a lot of fun. In all seriousness, the playoffs might not be very fun for some teams that have gone out. But it was a great wild card weekend. I hope everyone enjoyed it. I hope things fared out for people's teams. We'll see. I know it did for me, but it's going to be hard next week. Essentially, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I love playoff football. So let's get right into it. So let's start with our recap. We had the Bucks beating the football team 31-23. Tom Brady didn't look phenomenal in this game, but he did go 22 for 40 with 281 yards and two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette had 19 carries for 92 yards and a touchdown. Mike Evans leading the team in receiving with six catches for 119 yards. No scores, but his teammates made up for that. Both Godwin and Brown had a touchdown. Defense, not a crazy game. Had an interception. Had two sacks, but nothing outside of that. Taylor Heineke. Everyone on Washington football team loves him. Washington fans love him, too. Kind of came out of nowhere, and he started performing decent, so... He went 26 for 44 in this matchup. He had 306 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. But he also had six rushes for 46 yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver Cam Sims had seven catches for 104 yards. Terry McLaurin had six catches for 75 yards. The defense totaled three sacks and a fumble recovery. It really wasn't a bad game for Washington. This is a 7-9 and team coming out of the NFC East as champions. There's not a whole lot of expectations for him in the playoffs, but it really was again, it wasn't a bad look. And it could say something for their future. They have a bright, young defense. They have some good pieces on offense. If they get their uh, the right quarterback situation, maybe another receiver, who knows? Maybe they might find themselves back in NFC, content- NFC East contention next year. On to the other game, we have the Ravens, who beat the Titans 20-13. to Lamar Jackson, not great in the air, went 17-24. for Good completion percentage, but only for 179 yards and one interception. No touchdowns. But he did get it going on the ground with 16 carries for 136 yards and a touchdown. J.K. Dobbins had 9 carries for 43 yards and a touchdown. Marquise Brown had 7 catches for 109 yards. That's great for Lamar Jackson. He needs that really good connection in the air right now, and Marquise Brown seems to be his guy. The defense had a second and interception. It was it was overall a great game for the Ravens. Only put up 20 points, but the defense, they were, they were very, very shut out outside of the first drive. Ryan Tannehill went 18 for 26. He didn't look very good in this game. He only had 165 yards and one touchdown. That touchdown came on the first drive. He had one interception. Couldn't really get much going. The primary production piece for the Titans was non-existent on Sunday. He had 18 carries for 40 yards. A.J. Brown had six catches for 83 yards, but three of those catches and 52 of those yards came on the first drive of the game he also had a touchdown on the first drive the defense did have five sacks and an interception but the offense was unable to get it done now this might have been the game of the week i don't think anyone was really expecting this to happen but the browns beat the steelers 48 to 37 baker mayfield had a solid day he went 21 for 34 with 263 yards and three touchdowns chubb toted 18 carries for 76 yards of four catches and he also had 69 yards on those catches with a touchdown 
Kareem Hunt had eight carries for 48 yards and two touchdowns. Again, great dynamic duo with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. That ground game is very, very dangerous, but Jarvis Landry also doing it in the air with five catches for 92 yards and the touchdowns. The defense totaled four interceptions and the fumble recovery touchdown. Ben Roethlisberger. Well, we could start with the very first play of the game. Fumble go, snap goes way over his head. It's recovered by the defense in the end zone for a touchdown. Everything, The slew of bad things for the Steelers started with that very first play. But for Big Ben, he went 47 for six for 68 with 501 yards, four touchdowns, but he did have those four picks. Now, I did say this early in the year that the Steelers would be a first-round exit, and I gave a reason as to why, and I said that part of it was due to the fact that they are unable to establish a solid run game. James Conner only had 11 carries for 37 yards and a touchdown, and no one else really did anything rushing-wise for the Steelers. Juju, talking so much, but he did back himself up in this game. He had 13 catches for 157 yards and a touchdown. Deontay Johnson had 11 catches for 117 yards and a touchdown. But the defense, who has been pretty much dominant all season, was a no-show. On Sunday night, they had no sacks, nor did they have any turnovers. Continuing with the recap, just to talk about next week a little bit, we got matchups in the NFC and the AFC next week. We got for the NFC, we got the Saints versus Bucks and the Packers versus Rams. And in the AFC, we got the Bills versus Ravens and the Chiefs versus Browns. It's going to be a great divisional round. I hope could see some upsets, could see a lot of dominant performances. Who knows? Only we can watch and find out. Moving on, we got our outstanding performers. Starting with Cam Akers, who had 28 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown. Now, this rookie wasn't seeing a lot of touches early in the season. Had an expander role towards the end of the season. He started doing very well. This is a big platform for a guy who, again, didn't see that much volume until late in the year. But he did perform on this stage, and hopefully he can do it again next week against a... uh, a pretty weak Packers run defense, but great performance from their rookie Cam Akers. Hopefully he is a solid running back for years to come for the Rams. We also have Stephon Diggs, who had six catches for 128 yards and a touchdown. Essentially, he extended his regular season dominance into the playoffs. He's been absolutely unguardable all season. He's been phenomenal. He's everything that Josh Allen needed. They have an insane connection. Nice brotherhood going on in Buffalo. Stephon Diggs, our second outstanding performer of the week. And our last, I already mentioned him, even though he speaks too soon and, and trash talks to Browns and all that good stuff, he personally did have a good game. Again, Juju had 13 catches for 157 yards and a touchdown. But I think that him, Claypool, and some of the other younger receivers kind of need to, no offense, but they need to kind of keep their mouth shut because then things like this happen where the Browns upset the Steelers. And it's a very, it makes it not just those players, but it makes the team look bad as well. But those are your outstanding performers of the week. You did have some other guys. You had like Mike Evans who performed, Deontay Johnson, Lamar Jackson on the ground, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. But to me, these three guys were your outstanding performers. Next, we got leading teams to victory. Essentially, these are players who need to step up to get a dub for their team. For the Rams, I should put two players for the Rams. I have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Now, the reason I have both of them is because against the Packers, it's going to be a shootout, most likely. It's very, very hard to shut down that Packers offense, especially considering how hot they are with Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Robert Tanya. They all look great. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods need to make Jared Goff's life easier. Now, this guy, Jared Goff, he's playing with a broken thumb. He's certainly not 100%, so it's going to be very, very difficult. 
I think that the defense can hold their own and make enough big plays to keep them in their game. But offensively, Cup and Woods, they have to they have to take it up a notch. Last week they had a combined 126 yards and a touchdown. That's not too bad. I don't think it's bad at all. But that's also against the Seahawks who have been struggling later in the season and clearly struggled last week. And the Seahawks have very have a very poor defense. Not now the Packers I think is a little bit above the Seahawks defense in terms of their secondary. Their secondary is very good with Jerry Alexander, Kevin King, Adrian Amos, and so on. I think what they're going to need to do is combine for at least 160 yards and one to two touchdowns this week. They got to get separation. They got to get a lot of yards after catch. They have to make things happen in order to get the ball downfield. Now they can only do so much on the ground with Cam Akers. They can only do so much with other receivers on the team. But Cooper Cup and Primer and Primary Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are your primary receivers on the team. They need to get it going early and often. They got to get on the. They got to get points on the board early. So Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, you need to step it up this week. Now this one hurts me a little bit to say, but it's the sad truth. Drew Brees is the one who needs to take it up a notch this week. Now he didn't look bad against the Bears by by any means. I don't think he looked bad, but he definitely didn't look great. That's for sure. The defense looks superb, absolutely superb. Now the Bears don't have a great offense, but the defense throughout the season has looked very good. But the offense looked very, very dysfunctional at times. Rather than going vertical, I saw a lot of horizontal plays, some very questionable play calling, but I don't know. I think it's really just to cater to Drew Brees' play style nowadays since he doesn't have the same arm strength that obviously he used to have. If Brees wants to beat the Bucs, and this is going to be very difficult for numerous reasons. One, it's playoff Tom Brady. It's very, very hard to be a playoff Tom Brady because for some reason he has this extra gear where he goes above and beyond every other quarterback in the league. And also the Saints would have to beat the Bucs for a third time this season and beating a team three times in a season is very, very difficult. I I would love for the Saints to win this game, but again, it's going to be very, very hard. Drew Brees, is, he can't rely on game managing the whole game. He's got to push out of his comfort zone and push the ball downfield. You can only dump off so many times. You can only run five-yard routes so many times. We're going to need to see chump plays. I'm talking 15, 20 yards here and there. And hopefully the players can get a lot of yards after catch. I know Deontay Harris, who's activated for the game last week, he was doing very, very well. But Drew Brees, you're going to have to push out of your comfort zone. you got to be vintage Drew Brees for this game if you want to get past the Bucks and into the World, into the World Series, into the NFC Championship, and then even after that, potentially the Super Bowl. You're going to have to turn back the clock, Breeze. Now, for the Ravens, I got Marlon Humphrey. People might have mixed feelings about this. He's been one of this season's, one of this season's best corners. No questions asked. He's been nearly locked down for a good majority of the season. But this week, he's going to be tasked with covering Stephon Diggs. And we were just talking about Stephon Diggs and how pristine he is. His route running, his hands, his ability to get yards after catch, all of that. It's been phenomenal with Josh Allen at QB this year. Again, one of the league's best duos. In the in the early minutes of the Titans game, Marlon Humphrey got burned by A.J. Brown. Again, three catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown. But throughout the game, he tightened things up. And there was only 30 more yards put on to A.J. Brown's stats by the end of the game. I think Marlon Humphrey is a good enough corner to be able to, to at least limit Stephon Diggs. I don't think that you can necessarily shut down Stephon Diggs entirely, but if he is able to limit Stephon Diggs to a modest stat line, such as maybe six catches for 80 yards or something like that, not where he's going off for multiple touchdowns or way over 100 yards, I think that 
this game hinges on the Ravens defense and their ability to shut down Stephon Diggs, and that all comes down to Marlon Humphrey's performance. So Marlon Humphrey, if you want to get the Ravens to win, you got to step it up this week. Last but not least for the Browns, I got Miles Garrett. Again, some people might have mixed feelings. I'm not saying that any of these guys are bad players, but it's just these are the guys who are going to create that push for their team. He's one of the game's best defensive ends. He's one of the best defensive ends this season, almost every season. They're going against the Chiefs. Now, in my, in my very, very humble opinion, I truly believe that the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl this year and many years to come. Uh, they're becoming the next juggernaut team. They're becoming a dynasty. Mahomes is Mahomes. She's the face of the league. It's going to be a very difficult game. What Miles Garrett needs to do is just continue to do what he's done all season. He's got to get pressures. He's got to get sacks. He's got to have QB hits. He's got to do anything to make Mahomes feel uncomfortable. And he has to cause major issues for the, the Chiefs O-line. Because if there's a source of frustration with the O-line, starting with Miles Garrett, that can create other frustrations in other parts of the Chiefs offense if the secondary is able to hold down the receivers long enough while the Browns defensive line is getting pressure it's going to be very very difficult for Mahomes to get something going but Mahomes he's a playmaker he can move out of the pocket he's got great awareness great vision goes through his reads very very quickly again I do think that the Chiefs will win this game but if the Browns want to at least put up a decent fight this game it all starts with Miles Garrett and how he performs so Miles Garrett if you want to bring your t- if you want to bring your team to the AFC Championship, you gotta you gotta really lock into that offensive line and lock into hitting Mahomes multiple times this game. So Miles Garrett, step it up. You got it. Next, we got season awards predictions part one. Now this is only part one because over the course of the playoffs, I'm gonna do different awards such as Rookie of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive, MVP, Fantasy. You know the deal. But we're gonna do it in parts. So that we can, I can make my predictions as the playoffs go on. But this week we're going to start with Coach of the Year and Comeback Player of the Year. But Coach of the Year, they had some other people like Sean McDermott. The Bills had a phenomenal year. You had people like Brian Flores who just missed the playoffs in Miami. But Miami was a very, very surprised team this year. But I'm going to talk about the coach that took a team that hasn't been to the playoffs in over a decade and a half. Kevin Stefanski. The Browns looked so dysfunctional last year. They were so hyped. They got Odell. It looked like it was going to be one of the best offenses in the league. But the And people, last year Mayfield didn't look great. But a lot of this, I think, had to do with their head coach last season, Freddie Kitchens. In my personal opinion, I don't think that Freddie Kitchens ever should have been offered the job, let alone in line for an interview. As a head coach, he was never meant to be a head coach. Under Stefanski this year, they had a great run game with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Not to say that they didn't last year, but it was just a, it, just that a little bit above what it was last year that took them over the top. Mayfield returned to his rookie season form where he was a little more locked in. Now, they didn't, they didn't win the division, but they made the playoffs. Who cares if they won the division? They made the playoffs, and then they beat the division leader. Now, a lot of this doesn't come down to uh, postseason. It's based off of what happens in the regular season. But the 2019 hype and then everything that derailed in 2019 for the Browns, it was slightly embarrassing. But Stefanski, he took this team and gelled them into a very solid group and brought them to the playoffs. This team was doubted, and they still made the playoffs. This is exactly why I'm giving this award to Kevin Stefanski. 
comeback player of the year. Now, a lot of people might say Big Ben, but I think there's a clear and obvious choice that it should 100% go out to Alex Smith, and I think that this award should potentially even be named after Alex Smith. Uh, I'll start off with some stats. Now, his stats weren't great this year, but that doesn't really matter. He did go 5-0, and and it starts with the Washington football team, but let's, let's talk about his journey. November 18th, 2018, Alex Smith is playing the Houston Texans. A gruesome injury unfolded when J.J. Watt tackled Alex Smith. Let me, let me just tell you real quick, this is very difficult to talk about because you don't see such an inspiring story like this very often. There was a gruesome injury. Alex Smith's leg was snapped. He's immediately rushed to the hospital. An infection settled in, and he was given the option of amputate the leg, but there was still a chance that they would be able to preserve the leg. But he almost had his leg amputated. And when the infection got so bad at a certain point in time, he was told that he even might die. And that's a very, very scary situation. And at this point, none of it had to do with football anymore. It had to do with his life. He took a long road to recovery. Eventually, he was able to begin to walk again. And it brought joy to a lot of people's hearts when they saw that he was celebrating, that he was cleared to return football, let alone even walk again. But he was cleared to return to football activity. And on October 11th, 2020, he returned to the field after not playing since again, November 18th, 2018. I think that this is a truly, truly, truly remarkable, inspirational journey for Alex Smith. Uh, It's, again, I'm like choking on my words here. It's incredible. I think 100% comeback player of the year goes to Alex Smith. I hope he's inspired a lot of people. I'm sure he has. Anything is possible. To have such determination like he did, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Last but not least, we got our division round game picks. It's going to be a great week of football. I'm, like I said, I'm very nervous. But in the first game, we got Bills versus the Ravens. I think that Marlon Humphrey might be able to limit Svon Diggs, but if he doesn't, and their Bills are scoring early and often. I think they take this game 32-24. Chiefs-Browns, I see a 35-27 to victory. I don't think it's going to be close. I think the Browns score in garbage time, try and go for an onside kick. Don't get it. And then the Chiefs win by 8. Like I said, I truly don't think anyone's going to beat the Chiefs. And then we got the Bucks, 31 and. Saints 28 now this one hurts my heart because I don't want to see Drew Brees' career end like this he's had such a great career I've been a fan of him for so long it's gonna hurt to see if he retires or not now the Saints could very well win this game but again beating a team three times let alone Tom Brady in the playoffs it's gonna be very very difficult but I do have the Bucks winning 31 to 28 in this game Packers versus Rams. I don't think it's going to be close. I think the Rams might, their defense might hold for a little bit, but with Jared Goff playing at less than 100%, I don't think they get much done on the offense. Going into Lambeau is a very difficult task and beating Aaron Rodgers, especially with how good he's been all year. I'm taking the Packers 34-21 to in this game. Again, I don't think it's going to be close. But yeah, those are my, those are my predictions. Uh, I like this week's episode. There wasn't a whole lot to talk about. I'm going to keep these episodes a bit shorter since it's just the playoffs right now. There's less content to talk about. I'm sure I could talk about more, but I don't want to drag it on. I want you guys to have a nice quick episode, be easy listen. But I hope you guys enjoyed. 
I'm excited to see what happens in this divisional round. I'm sure a lot of you guys are too. Could be upsets, could be blowouts, could be tight games, who knows? All we can do is sit down and watch. I just have one last question for you. Are you down to football?